live from Columbus, it's the Zone of Truth. This week on the show, Griff and I welcome on Emily to discuss her new character for the upcoming Bestow Curse podcast, debut brand new segment, I Know Pathfinder Quiz Bowl Extraordinaire, and of course, answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, in the studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a wheel save. You're in the Zone of Truth. And we're live. And we're live. What is this? Fifth live show? I don't fucking know anymore. Yeah, it's five. Uh, okay. Well, it's, it's live five, two live, two. Oh, dude, we should have called this Zone of Truth five instead of Zone of Truth live. That'd be oh, pretty good. Yeah. Well, it would have been confusing too because this is Zone of Truth 58. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're not good at, at streamlining things. <laughs> Listen, I just think that would have done more harm than good. We've got, we got good pun game. Maybe some of the other stuff we're lacking on, but here we are, you know, professional setting, good show. What are we drinking today? I'm drinking a White Claw hard seltzer iced tea lemon. And I found that I think the White Claw iced tea pack is the best of the iced tea seltzer packs for me. Some stiff competition there from Truly, but uh, you know what? I've tasted them. I think you're right. They're very there's tasty. A, there's going to be a couple more on the horizon, I think, as we lead into summer. I think they were the first two comers. But just like the lemonade packs, I think we're going to get a bunch of iced tea packs. Yeah, you know, like Bud Light's going to jump on there. Yeah, Bud Light's going to be like, here's our uh, after I work, work from home happy hour pack. Well, that pack exists and it's terrible. I've actually got one of them sitting in front of me right now. I'm going to be drinking it later. It's a... Uh, Strawberry daiquiri from the out of office pack. Out of office pack. Mm. That's what this one is. Yeah. But for my main tonight, I'm drinking a blurry blonde. This is a beer from Imperial Oak Brewing back home in Chicago. So I'm going to crack this bad boy open and get the party started. You should probably ask our guest what she's drinking. Emily, what are you drinking? I found a new urban artifact beer at the grocery store. It's called Pinwheel. It's a sour, crisp, orange beverage with a little bit of vanilla in there. Ooh. Ooh. It's quite good. It's it's very smooth for being kind of a fruity sour beer. Okay. I like that. I like when I like when I get a nice smooth sour cuz sometimes the sours are like really thin and yeah. and that yes. j- is just heartburn city, but when you get a nice smooth one it kind of reminds me of like a smoothie. It has a very good mouth feel to it where it kind of just like flows over your whole mouth without getting like too tart. All at once. Yeah, I, I do enjoy the taste of a sour, but I think I agree with both of you where a lot of sour can be a lot of sour. If you got one that's a little bit more mellow, something that's a little easier drinking, I'm a huge fan of that. But Emily, thank you for coming on today. So excited to have you. We have so much to talk about because there's a lot going on. Yes, we do. Thanks for having me on. We're getting busy. You could say we're getting busy, right? I think we can if we, say I mean, we've been busy before, but... Even busier. We we usually, we used to get busy like in October and then the rest of the year we would kind of cruise. Yeah. We got the Halloween busies. I think we got busy last October and haven't stopped. And now it's just getting worse. <laughs> Listen, 
<laughs> We're trying to grow an empire here, Steve. We are. And I'm and I love it and it's great. But truly, if anybody saw the HLP like shared calendar that we have, it is an absolute disaster. Yeah, it gives you those that anxiety queasiness <laughs> that yeah, we all love. At yeah. any given time. All right, folks. Well, I'm going to throw in a little music today to get the party started because this is a live episode. We like to keep things light and we have so much to get into some really, really good stuff to hype up Bestow Curse. And we're going to have a little fun as well. So I'm going to start this off with a little ditty called Princess of Bluestone Castle um, by Derek and Brandom Fector. I don't know how to say their last name either, but yeah, I tried. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's mellow. Just like this uh, this beer that Emily's drinking, apparently. Yeah. All part of the plan. You did it. Perfect. So, first of all, as we like to start all things on this show lately, we do have a little bit of housekeeping to get out of the way because we got a whole lot going on, like we just mentioned. So, a couple very, very important points. We've got a little teaser for Bestow Curse that's going to be dropping soon-ish for all of our patrons. That includes everybody listening live right now and those of you that subscribe at the $5 tier and up. You're going to be getting on that Patreon feed where you usually get your Linked Legacy show uh, a little exclusive HLP adventure. We're going to... What are we running, Griff? Oh, I'm going to be running the Mosquito Witch, which is a much-loved first-level Pathfinder 2E society scenario. I think it was almost unanimously people's favorite from the first uh, first season and especially from the first level ones in the first season of 2E's run in society and it's just it's a hell of a lot of fun I think the role play opportunities are really fun the combat stuff is really fun it's going to be a good introduction to your characters without having to you know mm-hmm. dig into their ties to Corvosa or any of that yeah, and, and to be clear, this is basically like an exhibition match. We're basically, is this, you're actually getting like a recording of our practice session for Bestow Curse. We're playing this game to get used to the mechanics, used to the flow of combat, settle into our voices a little bit. It is non-canon, um, but it's just like, hey, if you want to check out our new characters doing what they do, this is where you would do it. Yeah, it's it's very reminiscent of the the last GM happy hour I was actually on. We talked about one shots, and this is this is a great reason to do a one shot <laughs> if you're geared up to do a show and you want to get everybody at least a little bit familiar with their character and a little bit familiar with how their character would react to situations, how they talk, that kind of thing. A society scenario is great for that. We got we got something from Haley, our producer. Yeah, we do have a quick question from Frank here on the Discord. He said, will the characters carry over anything from the module? I know we said it was non-canon, but will they carry over anything? So that's going to be a big N-O. They're going to start fresh on outside of the module. The module, again, is really just a um, introduction to the characters. Although, I mean, I guess if there was a cool item, I might let you keep it. Ooh. I don't know. I'll leave that up in the air. If there's something cool in there, I might let you keep it. They're not going to keep. They're not going to carry over any of the experience because we want to start the the AP fresh as fresh level one characters. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only thing to be excited about. Soon the Bestow Curse feed itself is going to be going live, and when it does, we are going to have several drops before the actual episodes come out. So what are you going to get in there? You're going to get a little trailer that we're throwing together to further build the hype up. You're also going to get some specific short episodes that are going to serve as introductions to your GM Griffin and the rest of us on the show. Um, 
You folks listening now all know who we are, but a lot of people out there might not. This might be their first introduction to the HLP. So we're going to basically be introducing ourselves, introducing these new characters, and so on and so forth. It's going to be fun. It's exciting. And I think it's going to help build the help, uh, builds up the hype a lot for the date everyone's waiting for, June 4th, where the first three episodes of Bister Coast drop. Of Bister Coast? Yep. <laughs> That's what it is now. How about Bestow Curse? Bestow Coast. That's the show name, everybody. <laughs> Steve had a stroke before, <laughs> before we started recording Bestow Coast, unfortunately, but we have somebody coming in to play uh, Mark. Hey, hey, can you, hey, Haley, can you run downstairs and uh, clean up that toast that's burning? <laughs> I'm trying to record an episode here. Thank you. But uh, for those of you that obviously know us and stuff we'd still love you to check out that introductory content it's not going to be super long but the more you download it share it etc the bigger this launch is going to be and we're really trying to get this off the ground in a big way our regular show we didn't know anything about podcasting going in we know a lot more now and we're all very excited to get a show started that has the two and a half years of experience that we've (laughs) built uh we've built on our main show from day one and so we'd love if you guys would help us um help us build that into a big thing absolutely and finally in the housekeeping uh little material up top we got something really fun for you all today because when we close out this episode tonight before we hop into the after party You guys are going to get first listening to the official intro song to Bestow Curse. And you're going to hear someone I am very excited to have collaborating with us on this project. Oh, yes. So stay tuned. A very fun surprise for you all later. I think you all be able to recognize who it is. Oh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So... That all out of the way, let's hop into a little updates. What are we doing in our day-to-day life before we actually move into the meat of this episode? We're going to start with Emily. So what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you drinking? What's going on? So one of the shows I've been watching recently is The Irregulars on Netflix. If you haven't seen it promoed yet on Netflix, it is a uh, kind of retelling of Sherlock Holmes That story's been done a lot, but it has a soft spot in my heart. I always love those stories. But this one is told from the perspective of kids living on the street and them solving mysteries and then kind of getting Sherlock uh, roped into the story as well. And I haven't finished it yet, but I've been really enjoying the new perspective, but still the comfort of the known story. I, I watched the first episode and I really, really liked it. Doesn't it also have like a like a supernatural like twist to it too? Yes, it uh, builds on supernatural themes and there's a lot of mystery and uh, a lot of solving of issues, strange things that are happening. And yeah, it's not like there's just one person behind it. There are people behind it, but they have these powers that have been granted to them and corrupting them to kind of become the worst version of themselves. It's it's a lot of fun. And the cast is super diverse and uh, very 
uh, vibrant and energetic. So it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of energy in that pilot, and I really appreciated it. It was it was really cool to see. Yeah, these different types of folks in the like traditional kind of white bread Victorian London setting, just like doing their own thing with it. And it was awesome. It was so much fun. Um, I, I'd recommend it as well. It's, it was, it was very cool. And uh, it, it is nice to, to have a Sherlock Holmes story where like Dr. Watson and Sherlock Holmes are not necessarily the main characters. They are, they're the, the structure, they're the skeleton of the thing, but the people that actually driving it forward are the the like boots on the ground, the people that actually got shit done for those two folks. Yeah, and there's some some twists in there, and uh, Sherlock and Doctor Holmes are not good people, and they're portrayed that way in like they're portrayed as flawed, bad people. So it, it that adds like interesting dynamic to the show as well. Yeah, I wasn't sure how how deep they were going to dive into that, but that's really interesting. I I certainly got that uh, impression from from Watson in the first one, and he's like he's kind of using these people in a way that's not right. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not great people. But here we are. Yeah, that was it's a lot of fun. I, I'd also suggest that one too. It's very cool. Anything else that you wanted to shout out before we move it along? Uh, no, that's mostly about what I've been watching. All right, very fun. Griff, what you been into lately? Well, I have watched all of Invincible, the new animated series on, I believe, Amazon Prime. It's phenomenal. It's gruesome and gory, which I love in an animated show because uh, you don't get that a lot. And it's uh, it's a cool sur- superhero show. Honestly, like I don't really mind that it feels like a complete rip off of the DC universe. Uh-huh. It, it is. But it's it's put a twist on it that's really interesting, and it's told from the perspective of a... Well, not just the perspective of, but mainly the perspective of a teenage protagonist. So he's like a senior in high school, and he's just developed these Superman-esque superpowers. So it's kind of a learning your powers story, as well as a power struggle story, and the the meat and potatoes of it is that there's like, there's all kinds of shit happening behind the scenes that are, uh, that's, that's sinister, whether it's the actual Superman analog in the story, uh, being not what he seems. Um, and you know, then you have to deal with the fact that he is the protagonist's father. So there's Mm. like family dynamic and the character isn't how he seems. And like, he's being trained by this person who is, more sinister than his outward appearance. There's a lot of like family dynamic, like lying to the people in your family type stuff. So now I know this, this is on Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. So is this just like animated version of the boys or is this a little different? How how would you compare it to that show? Uh, I wouldn't say it's quite the boys level because in the boys, everyone's a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And in this there definitely are characters that are pieces of shit, but like uh, Jason Manzukis is a is, plays a character on this. Well, sign me and, up. And his character <laughs> is a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> but but not all of the heroes are, are terrible people. Some of them are uh, good people. Some of them are good people that are flawed. Some of them are actually villains, though. And so it 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 does. I, I'd say it like shares more with the boys than it does with like the animated Justice League series, maybe. But I wouldn't say it's all the way just evil empire of superheroes. Oh, that's nice. You yeah. definitely don't have your average Joe's doing anything cool. <laughs> <in Okay. it. laughs> so, 
Except awesome. maybe maybe the main character's mom. She's kind of cool. But um, beyond that, I have Haley and I have been watching Doom Patrol on HBO Max, and it's probably my new favorite show that I've seen in quite some time. It's a it's another superhero show with from DC with flawed heroes. Uh, I don't know why we're on such a superhero kick. I think it's because we really enjoyed uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch, uh, or WandaVision rather. And um, this one, just the heroes are so flawed and like have been beaten down so much by what gave them their powers that they seem like they're not going to possibly make a superhero team. And uh, and fucking Brandon Fraser is it? <laughs> it's just like it's so good. It it's like there. it's it's hilarious and zany and out there in a way that no other superhero show I've ever seen has done. And it's just it's genuinely funny, and it is also kind of heartfelt with what these characters are dealing with. So um, I highly recommend it. It's just. I know it requires HBO Max, but download it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just a really fun show. I, I really love it. And it's on season two now. We're working our way through season two, but I finished up season one and it was bonkers good. And I think they got renewed for season three. So that's cool. Hell yeah. That's, that's something I definitely want to check out. It sounds really excellent. As for me, um, I'm playing a game right now just to kind of punch in, punch out to get to a goal. And I'll explain that. So... I'm playing a game called Homefront the Revolution. 2016 game, kind of shitty. Not great. However, I am a huge fan of an old game that was on the GameCube called Time Splitters 2. And I recently found out that the entirety of Time Splitters 2 is in Homefront the Revolution in native 4K. The developer snuck it in as an Easter egg, and then basically you need to play through most of Homefront the Revolution, get to like an arcade cabinet, and then you could start playing. This is true. This is true. (laughs) That's ridiculous. This actually like just came to light in the last week or so because apparently he programmed in the entirety of Time Splitters 2 in this like game cabinet in the game, and then shared the the like the code that you need to punch in on the game cabinet to play it with his friend and his friend posted it in a discord server and immediately got banned because the people didn't check and just thought he was posting bullshit and then he lost the code and so since 2016 no one has been able to access time splitters 2 in homefront the revolution but somebody like hacked the game and figured out the code and has shared that code with the world so i'm trying to get through homefront the revolution to play this nostalgic time splitters two games like a lot (laughs) yeah it's a lot and also i started on way too hard of a difficulty and getting really frustrated with it because i just want to play time splitters it should have started a lot easier easy just play easy till you get there yeah maybe that's what i should have done but i made a big (laughs) fucking mistake and now it's going to take me like 18 hours to get to time splitters too ridiculous so my gosh it's a wild story, but I'm working through that right now and eventually i will be playing time splitters too besides that (laughs) you'll reach the promised land (laughs) Besides that, I've been playing or I've been watching an old anime called Helsing uh, uh, Ultimate, which is something that one of my cousins used to watch when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, that always really sounds cool. And now that I'm watching anime, I'm like, oh, I wonder what the deal with that was. And this is the most edgelord ass show I've ever seen. This is pretty rough. Um, 
It's uh, basically like Protestants in England are, are like allied with vampire, like a vampire called Alucard, which is Dracula backwards. And he kills other vampires. Haley's cracking up right now. They use him to kill other vampires and like the Vatican's involved. And for some reason, like the Vatican had helped like all of these Nazis escape World War II down to Argentina. And they're like making a vampire and ghoul army. Um, and it's so fucking extra and over the top. Um, it's it's really something else. It sounds like it, yeah. Wow. I mean, Alucard Dracula backwards is in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haley's got some. Uh, we've got a question from Frank. Isn't this Castlevania with extra steps? <laughs> <laughs> he's right. I mean, he's absolutely right. Frank, you are absolutely correct. That is exactly <laughs> what this is. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's, it's Castlevania, but with uh, power-up sequences. <laughs> yeah, so I've been watching this, and I'm about three or four episodes deep. They're hour-long episodes. I think there's only like 10 of them. And every time I watch one, it's just like 40 or 50 minutes of me being like, man, this is dumb, but boy, does it look cool. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. And then I have one final plug. Uh, recently, Brooks, Emily, and myself, we watch a lot of bad movies, and we found a channel on YouTube, one word called Ninja Flicks, and that's flicks spelled with an X, that has uploaded all of these like really old, bad dubbed ninja movies from the 80s. And oh boy. Gold mine. Absolute gold mine. I thought you were on my team about being against the shitty ninja movies. Okay, so I was against the really dumb ninja movies where they like put random scenes together to make a movie because that makes no sense to me but on this channel we just flipped to a random movie started it up what happens ninjas pop out from the sand on a beach hike in a line like do all these cool ninja things and then dig a hole and then get into the hole on top of a mountain and then you see them pull something over their heads and then put a little straw up so they can breathe and that was just like the intro scene I didn't finish the whole movie. GM, I now know what I need to do to impress you. <laughs> Apparently, it's just move from one place to another, dig a hole, and be able to breathe in it. That's but, the next big enemy. Dude, if you saw these ninjas move together, you'd understand. Okay. It, it looked cool. Ones. Yeah. I mean, I think we need to get back to Tromo TV. I think we need to get to the rest of the episode. We probably do. So, all right. Why is Emily here? Not just because we enjoy having her on the show, but because we have some really cool reveals from you, Emily, right? Yeah. I am here to talk about my Curse of the Crimson Throne character. Hell yes. Haley, throw it up on the screen. Let's see it. All right. So... We've got it up for everybody that's watching along live right now, but for the folks at home, Emily, what is the name of this character? My character's name is Sylvia Fordyce. Cool. And we've got some uh, expertly commissioned art here um, from uh, Irene Campos, one of our one of our favorite artists. She does such a fantastic job. Um, and a lot of people are seeing this right now. But for those who are listening, can you describe this image for the for the folks at home? Yes, she is a young human noblewoman, uh, and one of her most defining characteristics is her hair is split down the middle, half is brown, and the other half is white. And going along with that uh, split coloration, she also has one violet eye on the white side and one brown eye on her brown hair side. 
and she's wearing very bright crimson colored clothing. She's got some puffy sleeves, wearing kind of fancy attire, and she is holding a rapier. And also on the screen, we've got a little bit of a, a family sigil, correct? Yes. So if you like zoom in on her picture, there's a little symbol on uh, her cloak, and that is her family crest, which is a lock that's been split in two. Uh, half is black, half is white, and then there are some runes along the split edge, and it's on a field of crimson uh, with a black accent. That is really cool looking. Excellent. Emily made it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, this family does not have a sigil already made. Uh, so just based off of their history and my character, and I looked up some symbolism for colors and different uh, designs for family crests, and like this is what I came up with. Do you want to, now that if we're talking about the family crest, do you want to talk about the family we chose and maybe your background here? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so this family is actually in the book. It's a noble household there. Yeah, so noble houses of Corvosa. Yes, and this family in particular, the Fordyce house uh, ascended to status of great house in Corvosa after one of its uh, members, Dyson Fordyce, became the first and only person to win the annual breaching festival at the Corvosan Academy. And created the first vacuum cleaner in Galarian. Dyson Fordyce is an incredible name. Dyson yes. Fordyce. I love it. He can do it all. Uh, and then Unfortunately, they were not able to hold that great house status and actually were displaced a century later uh, by House Zenderholm. And now they're kind of a poor noble family, still noble, but nowhere near what they used to be. And so with that, you took the noble background? I did. So she's trained in society. Ooh, is there anything else cool that comes along with the noble background? Uh, you the, the answer can be no. That's fine. Some of these are, you know, they're pretty cookie cutter. Hey, nobles a rare uh, background. Well, yeah. You know. uh, it, it really just gives you an additional lore uh, on top of that as well. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, you indicated that this person is a human. Did you take any cool ancestral feats? Is there a, uh, a versatile heritage you took? Keep in mind, you can... You know, keep as much of this as you want to yourself. This is just what you want to reveal to the folks right now to tease your character. So her ancestry is human. I did take a heritage, but I'm going to let that come up on the show. I don't want to spoil it too soon. Savvy uh, Pathfinders can figure it out just from her description, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clear. But I love it. I th With this rounding it out, we have all four characters taking a versatile heritage. And dark vision, I think, right? Yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> all four characters took a versatile heritage, which, again, we are using the Ancestral Paragon, which I think is the rule set you should use when your players want to take versatile heritages because it really lets that versatile heritage shine. Absolutely, 100% do I agree with that. Um, 
So, so Emily, how about we talk about what this character does? I think the question on everybody's minds right now is, what class did you pick to round out our party? If you can't tell from her holding a rapier, she is a swashbuckler. Ooh. And, and at a very, very high level, before we dive into some of the more specific stuff, what does a swashbuckler do in combat? Yeah, uh, swashbucklers can be... Uh, they have some uh, different options that they can weigh into, but essentially, instead of relying on brute force or uh, cumbersome weapons, they fight mostly with style and grace, being very elegant in their movements. So they're about uh, darting amongst combatants with flair and having powerful finisher moves that are very grand and uh, have to do it with the proper flair. Uh, eventually, they also get counterattacks and uh, can kind of put their enemy off balance. But the the key thing is, if you're going to do something, it has to be a little bit extra and it has to be done right if it's worth doing. <laughs> it actually reminds me of Tulia in a way, uh, in, the, in the way that she kind of went about performance combat. Sure. Uh, Swashbuckler yeah. would be very suited to the performance combat we did in Abaddon. Yes. Oh, yeah. Emily, your description, everything a little bit extra, I think is so perfect for swashbucklers. I don't think we've had one on the HLP right now uh, yet, but we've certainly experienced them off podcast in in different games. And and that is exactly it. They are a little over the top, but they get it done. They're they're that really kind of roguish Han Solo type, right? You're going to get it done with with a little bit of flair. Um, I know swashbuckler comes with like a style, right? In, In Tui. Yes, it does. What'd you take? So Sylvia's style is gymnast. So this gives her uh, the ability to like reposition and maneuver uh, foes with her physical prowess. And so she's trained in athletics. And the special thing with this style, each one uh, has a different action that you can do to gain your panache. So for gymnast, you need to uh, grapple, shove, or trip a foe to gain that panache specific for this style. Well, great, because you know what my next question is. What is panache, and what does it do for you? Yeah, so panache kind of ties into doing everything with extra flair and gives you a mechanical benefit for uh, doing things in that style. So, these are... uh, When you complete a certain action, you leverage that moment to do something extra special, and then you're even more powerful. So in 2E, panache is a state that you enter. So you either have it or you don't. That's like when we reviewed the APG, panache is just a state of mind, baby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you need to complete uh, one of those actions that I mentioned before. You can tumble through or there's even uh, some GM discretion for doing something uh, very, very daring. And so like if you're swinging in from a chandelier and like dropping in to attack an enemy, if the GM allows it and you meet the DC, you can gain panache that way too. All right, so 
I have just a couple small uh, further questions just to round out like what this character is, how they fit into the game. And then I got the indication from our producer, Haley, who's doing a great job over there, that we already have a ton of questions for you in this character. So um, did you uh, take a free archetype? You don't have to say what it is if you want to keep it close to the chest at level two. I do. So I have planned this character out for a very specific archetype that is also hinted, uh, but I want to develop that further in the show without just giving it away. But it's I think it's going to be cool. It's a little unconventional. I, I think we went four for four on that, where all four of us who have revealed our characters on the show have been like, oh, I'm going to keep that close to the chest. Um, I really didn't get a ton of like, oh, I'm a caster. I'm going to do another caster or I'm a melee character. I'm going to do another melee. Yeah, a lot of variety and like the just the archetypes we're going to use and how they operate with that character. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and for the folks listening in, I I know I don't know everybody's, I don't think, but I know Emily's and it fucking rocks. It's so cool and it's so perfect for this character. Um, did you cast this character as anybody, an, an actor or anything? So I don't have a like real person that I cast her as, uh, but I did have inspiration for this character. Wonderful. So, what would that be? Uh, with, with my character, there's a lot of duality in how she looks and also in the inspiration that I had for this character. Uh, so one of them was actually Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. He is a uh, very narcissistic character very full of himself and to me I always felt like if he was a Pathfinder character he would be a swashbuckler just due to like the way he acts everything has to be grand for him for all you that thought that Emily was going to make a character on this network that was not inspired by a Disney character (laughs) you are wrong (laughs) just wait Uh, yeah so there uh is a second part to her character as well. So to give her a little bit more adventure and sass, uh, another inspiration was actually Rapunzel. Goes on a a big mission to find herself and uh, who she truly is. Very cool, very cool. I can't wait for (laughs) for the reveal of this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Because, yeah, it's a perfect combo of those two characters for sure. Absolutely, yes. All right. So do you have any further inspiration you'd love to share um, or or anything else about this character before we hop into a couple questions from our listener base? Do you want to talk about the uh, ancestry feats and stuff? Um, I thought we did Dark Vision. Was there anything else? Uh, I did take another one, but it is specifically related to my heritage. Oh, yeah, we don't want to. So, don't yeah. yeah, I don't want to spoil it yet. Um I could give a little bit more about her background and how she fits into Corvosa. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Be interesting. Uh, So she, as I've mentioned, is a young noble and she is a sword fighter. So she attends the... Orsini, I think I'm... You got it, yeah. All right, perfect. Uh, Academy in Old Corvosa. So this is a kind of famous sword fighting school in the heart of old Corvosa. And it's kind of grand and ornate uh, in its uh, building. And uh, it's mostly 
Most of the students there are young men and women from noble households, so it's a, a lot of the wealthier class, the young members are being taught at this school. And um, it's often taught by students. The main like head of the academy isn't often present to actually teach lessons. He's a bit aloof, that Ven Carlo. Interesting. It's it's like if you had Hogwarts like taught by the prefects. It's it's kind of right? like uh, the way I always think about Orsini Academy is that you kind of have. It's like if you were in a in a dojo for like karate or taekwondo, and mm-hmm. like the the blue belts taught the white belts or something, and oh, the black sure. belts taught the blue belts, and then the like master actually taught the black belts. So it's like you kind of have like tiers of students. That actually makes a lot of sense, yeah. So, like, the the master of the academy really has, like, a number one and number two student that he trains directly, really. And then they have, like, this pyramid scheme kind of thing. Exactly. MLM academy. (laughs) And your character also has, it's like, it's it's funny because they're both academies, but you have ties to the academy. Academy? I don't know how. (laughs) It's it's spelled different. different. The, The magic academy in in Corvosa as well, just by virtue of you being a Fordyce uh, and your family being the only people that have ever succeeded at the Breaching Festival. Yeah, that's how they got uh, a lot of power and, like I mentioned, have since lost it, but that's a huge part of their family. I think the reward for that is would allow you to buy a part of Corvosa. <laughs> like the, the reward for succeeding the Breaching Festival is every revo- reward from all the previous years stacked up. And so you end up with thousands of gold. Uh, oh, Haley's, Haley's typing on the screen. What is the Breaching Festival? That's um, It's a festival held once per year for the Academy. Uh, the, the Hogwarts, the kind of evil slanted Hogwarts that is in Corvosa. It is a test of the specifically the Abjuration School. So the Abjuration School is completely focused on defensive magic and teaching their students high powerful defensive magics and so they invite prestigious rogues and and adventurers and other people uh, to gather once a year to try and break into this vault that they have underneath the um, the abjuration building. And just getting into the building itself is almost impossible because of the magics placed upon it. And so to have succeeded at that, they've been doing this for since the Academy was founded almost. So for over a hundred years, every year, and it has been succeeded at one time. And I think uh, in the description of how he actually succeeded, he got half a foot across, like half of his foot across the like threshold. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. barely. That's how confident they are in their defenses that it's like. Oh, is this in the uh, the Corvosa guide? Yeah. It is oh, awesome. I remember that. Oh, holy shit. That's okay. Cool. That's awesome. That's so awesome. All right. Okay. Um, is there anything else you want to tease before we hop into a couple questions from our listeners? No, that's it. Fantastic. I know, Haley, you got a bunch lined up, right? Oh, yeah. I think someone counted them. It was over 21. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So, no, okay. no, we, we can't no, do all we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Uh, some, of them, some of them did get eliminated already. Uh, so how do you think belonging to nobility will influence the story from uh, Frank on Discord? 
I can answer that from my perspective of how I'm going to play this character. I think her coming from a place of privilege is going to make her interact with the other uh, characters very differently because she hasn't had she's had struggles but they're going to be very different from I'm guessing what the other characters have gone through in their life so far yeah from a GM perspective luckily um, Sylvie is a bastard and (laughs) will not be having the uh, you know the wealth and prosper of the entire house uh, at her disposal also the Fordyce house is not as wealthy as it once was so It'll definitely provide her connections that a normal character maybe wouldn't have with other nobility, but I don't think it's going to afford much in the way of like extra money and extra extra resources in that way. I think having the connection to the Academy is probably the most important connection that you have. So I guess piggybacking off of that, uh, Bipolar Popstar asked, does she have a rival house that will be involved in the story? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I did mention it. The uh, house that displaced hers, the Zenderholm household, uh, they like surpassed her family and then became one of the great households and kind of kicked her house down. So uh, that household is going to be her kind of arch nemesis. You'll see that felt pretty early. (laughs) Yep. Okay, so then from Jason, who's not listening live, but did ask a question. Has she ever had to or gotten to leave Corvosa, or does the family keep her pretty close to home? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I guess in my mind, she hasn't really gotten out and explored much just with her uh, questionable parentage and uh, her family not having a whole lot of money she doesn't really have the chance to get like get out there and she's uh, a bit of a scandal so yeah just a little bit behind the screens the Orsini Academy while a prestigious academy is generally where noble houses send their uh, their children that will not bear a title uh, they would generally send their uh, you know, those that would that would become the lord of the house, they would send them probably away outside of Corvosa to a um, to a more prestigious academy even than Orsini Academy. Orsini Academy is interesting because it's in the heart of old Corvosa, so it's kind of like sending your kid to karate class in a like shitty strip mall. You know what I mean? And like the you know the been there. The teacher is great. <laughs> like the the facilities are great, but it's just like in a terrible area. In terms of the entire city, it's in the slums of the city. And so most of the children that are sent there, not children, but like most of the young adults that that go there aren't necessarily like your lords and ladies in waiting. They're like your, you know, third daughter or your, uh, in your case, like, or your bastard child or whatever. Got any more questions for us, Haley? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to filter through any of the good ones here. Uh, so, Bipolar Popstar also asked one question, and then Demuth piggybacked off of that. So, Bipolar Popstar asked, is she going to carve a lock into someone's chest instead of a Z? Oh, man, I hadn't thought about that, but maybe she will. Who knows? <laughs> Pretty good, yeah. Demuth followed that right back up with, does she have a secret identity? 
Oh. Oh, he's trying to figure out that archetype. <laughs> Weasel his way to the archetype. You'll just have to find out. Not at the beginning. Yes. Yeah, she is herself. All right. I think that is the major- majority of the big important ones. There's a couple little funny ones if you're interested. Oh, give or- me a couple. Give me, just give me a couple okay. funny ones. Um, who who is the tailor in Corvosa that she goes to? The clothes look good. That's from Jason. Oh, who's the tailor? <laughs> oh, well, uh, since her family is poor, these are actually last year's clothes. So she's a little out of style. It's embarrassing. She doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, bipolar asked, is that going to be a dueling cape? Ooh, that's wow. interesting. You Actually, yeah, yeah, it is. Nice. Yeah, it's on her character sheet. I didn't think anybody would pick up on that, but yeah, it is actually effective. You can use it uh, to kind of hide hide behind the cape to uh, gain an AC point. Damn, BPT. Fucking hero card on that one. Yeah, nice catch. Great, great. That's Intuitive. awesome. Well done. That's great. Uh, he also asked, also asked, are you going to do anything as a player to signify that you're in panache? Oh. Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> you know, I should. I have a drop for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to come up with something good. <laughs> and then Jason also asked, omnivore or vegetarian? <laughs> omnivore. She eats meat. Carnivore. <laughs> no vegetables. <laughs> All right. Lead proteins. <laughs> and then the, there was actually at the end there one ve- kind of really general question for everybody. Okay. Sure. Which is from Bipolar once again. Have you guys already started recording? Not yet. It's coming. We will have the episodes recorded before June 4th. <laughs> <laughs> No, we have not started yet. Not yet. But it's coming very soon, and we're doing Mosquito Witch first, so uh, just be ready for that. All right. So you've heard about Diego. You've heard about Vec. You've heard about Mir, and now Sylvia. That's the squad for Bestow Curse. Get hyped, because it's on the way. But in the meantime, I'm going to have these two play a little game here. Oh, boy. This is I Know Pathfinder Quiz Bowl Extraordinaire. So, we had our patrons uh, go ahead and vote on what segment they wanted to hear today, and they wanted to hear something new, something random, something, uh, some mystery segment. So I came up with a little something. I think we're going to have a little bit of fun with it. So, Griffin, Emily, yeah. welcome to I Know Pathfinder Quiz Bowl Extraordinaire, the game show where your Pathfinder knowledge is put to the test for untold glory and exciting prizes. Oh, boy. There are prizes? Yeah, what's the prize? You'll see. Oh. All right. So I'm playing how- the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> All right. So here's how this is going to work. Contestants are going to be presented with two categories. I am going to read through a list of keywords one by one, and contestants must buzz in to tell me which category the word belongs to. Both categories is a valid answer, and in fact, is an option that is in play. So you could say it's this this category, this category, or it belongs in both. Contestants buzz in by doing their best uh, magical rope activation sound. We all know what that is. I'm the only one that doesn't have any practice with that. I know. So I know you're 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 <laughs> at, a disadvantage, uh, at disadvantage here. Um, if you answer correctly, 
pairing the word to the category, you win a point. If you mess up, too bad. The contestant with the most points at the end of the game is crowned the winner and walks away with today's prize. What's in his oh pocket? my goodness. A Pathfinder 2nd Edition lanyard from Paizocon 2019. <laughs> oh boy, I have one of those upstairs. All right. Steve, can you give us an example real quick of a non-Pathfinder, just like the question? So I'll, Actually, we're going to do, do a practice okay, round. Cool. Perfect. So let me first present you with today's categories. Griffin, I know you know a lot about Pathfinder stuff, and, and Emily, you do as well, but I wanted to make sure that this was balanced so that both of you have an equal opportunity to succeed. So it's all a nautical theme. So you're going to have to correctly identify whether the following words are Pathfinder creatures or lakes in Minnesota. Oh, <laughs> you did just tell us to kill you asshole. <laughs> All right, but are you going to pronounce the lake names correctly? Uh-oh. Great question, Emily. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do a practice round, and we're gonna so we're going to do it twice. We're going to have two examples. So first off, keep in mind how you want to buzz in. You know how you need to buzz in. I'm going to say a word right now, and you need to tell me whether that is a Pathfinder creature, a lake in Minnesota, or both. All right, here we go. First answer. Abolith. Cheep, 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 cheep. That's a Pathfinder creature. Correct. That is a CR7 creature. Four long tentacles ride from this three-eyed fish-like creature's flanks, and its green body glistens with thick, clear slime. All right, we're going to do another one. Just for practice, this doesn't count yet. Dayton Hollow Reservoir. Cheep, bark, bark. Oh, okay, that's that's definitely a lake. <laughs> All right, so if this wasn't an exhibition round, you would have got both. Oh, boy. It's okay. not going to be that easy, though. I'm just curious for the boats. Okay. <laughs> I need to hear what the boats are. All right. Cool lake. Are, are you two ready? Yes. Okay, let's play. Gabby Michigami. Bok, bok. Go ahead. A lake in Minnesota. Holy shit, you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm in danger. That is a one. That is a one thousand one hundred eighty-six point one six acre lake. <laughs> I didn't know that part. Okay. Wow. I thought I'd get somebody on that. How about Migo? Cheep, cheep, cheep. That's a Pathfinder creature. That's right. That is a CR six creature. This unnaturally graceful creature has a bulbous fungoid lump for a head, spiny insectoid wings, and a tangle of spiky clawed legs. We are tied up. I feel like this one is for gonna, one. This is literally going to be whichever side had more questions. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. All right. Third keyword. Smetana. Bok bok. Go ahead. Yeah, that's I think that's a lake. Yeah. How is this easy for both of you? All right. Let's go. You got it right, by the way. Thank uh, you. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Keyword number four. Sturgeon. Cheap. Yep. That's a that's a oh fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say both. Oh damn it, Griffin. I'm sorry. Although a sturge is a creature in Pathfinder and fish the are in fish Pathfinder, isn't the creature. A sturgeon is oh, not in Pathfinder. No. That is just a lake in Minnesota. God, I got robbed. <laughs> okay, nobody wins a point on that. Emily is up two to one. All right, keyword number five. Eagle. Cheap. Bark, bark. Griffin. Both. That is correct. That is a CR one half creature and any one of 13 different lakes in Minnesota. <laughs> okay. Keyword number six. Zoog. Chalk. Oh, that was very tight. What do you got? Who, who was that? Did I get it? I thought I heard you first. 
Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Pathfinder creature. That is correct. That is a CR1 creature. This skittish amalgam of beast parts has luminous eyes, a rat's tail, simian appendages, and tendrils extending from a mole-like nose. I'm worried that Emily is using process of elimination on lakes in Minnesota. (laughs) That's scary to me. That's certainly possible. There are over 10,000 lakes. I do not know all of them. (laughs) Zoog's not a lake. Well, I mean, by that, by that though, like there's 13 that are eagle, so we're working through yeah, them. That's why, I, like, I, you gotta think there's a lake called Eagle. <laughs> okay. Keyword number seven. Buffalo. Cheap. Griffin. I'm gonna say just lake. Griffin, I'm sorry. Damn it. That is both. That is a CR4 creature. Oh, I didn't know we had buffalo. As well as any one of three lakes in Minnesota. No points awarded for a buffalo. I'm just going to take the take the points away. <laughs> out of my head. Okay. Eighth keyword. Wendigo. Cheap. Go ahead. I hope that's uh, just a Pathfinder creature. That is just a Pathfinder creature, CR-17. This you know, Wendigo Lake, I'd be very concerned about the Terrifying. state. I, I thought I'd get somebody with that because it's like a Minnesotan creature. It is, but that would be so scary for a lake name. I guess is I could really see Minnesotan? it. I thought it was just like a, I thought it was like a kind of like a Native American legend or something. I, I'm pretty sure it is. And I don't know. I'm not from Minnesota. I might not know. But I know it's that's a prevalent legend up there. Yeah, it might be more of just like from the area that just kind of like got encompassed with the the culture of the Minnesota area. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was the eighth uh, eighth keyword. Griffin is up four to two. Ninth keyword. Comstock. Bach. Go ahead. There's no way that that is a lake in Minnesota, so just a Pathfinder creature. I don't Emily, I'm sorry. That's a lake in Minnesota? That is a, that is a lake in Minnesota. But not that's, a Pathfinder creature. That's not a Pathfinder, not a Pathfinder creature. creature. That's a character that's a I character. play. <laughs> I thought that's maybe where you got the name from was a Pathfinder no, creature. I'm, oh, I got sorry. it from a lake. Yeah, <laughs> Comstock Lake. God, I'm huh? so glad I got somebody with that. All right. Well, this is the 10th one. Um, basically, Emily, you're playing here for pride, considering that Griffin is up four to two, and this is going to be the last one here. Uh, but can you clinch it with the final clue word of the night? Raccoon. Go ahead. I'm going to go with both. Before you answer, if that's not both, I'm going to finish my drink. <laughs> I think it's both. Well, I'm sorry. I think you need to finish your game because that is a CR one half creature, but not no, one of the lake? ten thousand lakes not? in Minnesota. Thirteen oh. eagles and no raccoon 13 lake. Thirteen eagles. Oh my god. There are thirty three lakes in Minnesota called mud, but zero that are called raccoon. I learned a lot this week about Minnesota <laughs> lakes. All right, I finished it. I was also worried that we'd have a tie here, so I had a couple tiebreakers. Um, big sugar bush. That's a lake in Minnesota. Say, that's got to be a lake. Um, <laughs> There's a big sugar bush monster. I want to fight it. <laughs> all of my tiebreakers are are lakes in Minnesota. There's Boy Lake. I mean, you can have a boy I in Pathfinder, but yeah. it's not a creature. Um, and then finally, Big Dick Lake <laughs> is something that uh, exists in Minnesota. <laughs> yep. Big D Lake. So, this is it growing up. 
Listen, I hope you both had fun in I Know Pathfinder Quiz Bowl Extraordinaire. Congratulations, Griffin. You win an official Pathfinder 2nd Edition lanyard from PaisoCon 2019. It's a show of friendship. I've donated my friends to Emily. <laughs> Thanks. I don't have one. That was very sweet. You know, I was at PuzzleCon. (laughs) I know. I got it with you. (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, on that note, thank you so much for joining us on I Know Pathfinder Quiz Bowl Extraordinaire. Uh, We'll check back in next time to see if our next contestant can upset reigning champion Griffin. Who knows what category I'll pick next. (laughs) But that'll be something relevant to them. Yeah, pretty much. Haley, I know we got a couple voicemails this week, and I am very excited to hear them. Let's roll with the first one. What's up, Carrion crowd? This is your old buddy, the Hora, or Chris, as many of you know me by, or yet another Chris. Uh, regardless, what made you decide to convert a, an existing 1E game to 2E rather than run a 2E game itself? Thanks for the answer. I will, with bated breath, await your response. Love y'all. Well, ooh, bated breath. Bait your ba- breath no more, buddy, because <laughs> we do have an answer for you. And I think there are several reasons why we did this. Uh, a lot, It checked a lot of the right boxes that we wanted it to check. Um, but I think I want to kick this one to Griffin, because this was your brainchild. Yeah. So why did we convert uh, an existing first edition adventure that has a couple of steps for Bestow Curse. First off, I think the Curse of the Crimson Throne adventure is one of the strongest Paizo has ever written and is not highly represented in the podcast community, which is a shame because it's in many ways as good, if not better, than Rise of the Rune Lords, which I feel like there's a podcast for every other week. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite APs that I've read and I really wanted to run it. We wanted to do second edition because we have a first edition podcast. Uh, we, you know, the main show is first edition, but I think second edition is something that a lot of people want to hear played. A lot of people are on the verge between fifth edition and second edition, and we want to get as many people to convert from 5e to 2e as possible. Mm-hmm. I know you 1e people are probably going to stick with 1e, and honestly, we're probably always going to have a first edition game because we love first edition just as much as second edition, but I've been very interested in playing second edition on air for a long time because we've been playing second edition in most of our home games and it's a system that I'm really excited for and a system that keeps growing and I want to be able to have those fun moments like if a character were to die later in this bestow curse run to be able to come in with one of the secrets of magic classes or something that's like brand new uh, like the inventor Mm -hmm. and play it and so I think with second edition being the edition that Paizo is paying, obviously, all of their attention to, um, it just makes sense if you want new releases and, and that kind of thing to play in second edition. So that's a part of it, too. Another part of it is I know that the listeners that will want to listen to second edition are probably already playing second edition and are because Paizo is such a strong 
uh, Adventure Path Writer are probably play playing one of the second edition Adventure Paths. I mean, I can look at our Discord and I can probably name off like 80 members that are playing some kind of second edition adventure. And I don't want to step on your toes there. I don't want to make it so that you can't listen to our show. Now, I, I, I realize there are people out there playing Curse of the Crimson Throne. Hopefully we'll be playing at a slow enough pace where you'll already be able to be past that if you're starting a game now. But I think the amount of people that are playing like Edgewatch or Extinction Curse or... Um, why can't I think of the name? The first one. Ashes. Yeah, Age of Age Ashes. Of Ashes yes. Yeah, the, the amount of people that are playing those three and that are going to want to play Abomination Vaults and and Fist of the Ruby Phoenix and the uh, Strength of Thousands. Strength of Thousands. <laughs> like everybody's going to want to be playing. Nobody wants to have that spoiled for them. They want to find a game that's that's running that and playing it. And so, breathing some life into an old AP and bringing it up to second edition, I think is just a, a good call in terms of not spoiling our listeners for things that they want to play. And and it's not spoiling our listeners for folks that are listening to one of those, um, one of those other APs that are being done by other, uh, other, other peer podcasts of ours as well. I mean, there are, there aren't very many second edition APs out there right now, but there are, dozens of actual play podcasts that are doing each one of those adventure paths. And that's not to say that like, we don't think we could compete against them or we, we don't want to compete against them or whatever. It's we, they're already out there. The stories are out there. If you want to hear the stories and you're not already playing in those stories, you can be listening to those stories today. We're taking it a different route. We're doing this older, this, this older story, this, this legacy adventure. And I think it's going to be awesome because I do agree with Griffin. I've heard a lot of really good things about curse of the crimson throne. I've never played uh, most of it myself played Scarwall, but I think that it has legs to stand on. I think it's going to be fun, cool. And there are, there are plenty of other shows out there doing the other APs right now. If you are interested in those APs, go listen to them. I just think like when I, Posed Curse of the Crimson Throne to you guys, the level of excitement that you guys had was like here, when the level of excitement for something like an Edge Watch was like here, and so mm -hmm. that was that was a no brainer for me. Was like, oh, you guys really want to play in like a a focused setting where you don't have to be like the town guard. You can like, you can be whatever kind of character you want to be, but you can be ingrained in the setting and build yourself as a member of the city. Like everyone was super excited for that. <laughs> and so you know, why convert again, just cause we wanted to play 2E. But honestly, I think curse would have been a good option if we wanted to do another 1E show too. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, I think it's time for our other voicemail of the night before we uh, get into some traditionally submitted listener questions. Hey guys, Bippy here. Uh, so seeing as Emily knows her way around some fishy characters, uh, I kind of want to hear her thoughts on this. What, what fish would you say would personify the other characters in the main show? Thanks a lot. Bye. This is such a great question. <laughs> so many options out there uh, so I had a second to think about it and for Air Bear 
Have to go with a swordfish. He's got those weapons. Eclipse threw me for a little bit of a loop. At first I was thinking beta fish because they're aggressive, but they're very solitary and Eclipse is a community entity. He's a singular community. So, uh, <laughs> right, yeah. So instead, I actually think she's more of like a cichlid fish where they're super aggressive and can only be kept with their kind because they will kill other fish that you put them uh, around, but they need that community to thrive. They're community fish, but they're also kind of aggressive. F4. I'll take your word on that. I don't have any clue what that fish is. Uh, they're like brightly colored tropical fish. Oh, sweet. Uh, but not like peaceful. They're like a whole other subset of fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for Matumbe, not just one fish, two koi fish, black and white, that just like swim in a circle together, kind of uh, a yin and yang type of balance between the two fish. Two fish. That's beautiful. And then Freya is a nurse shark because she's very kind, but oh, yeah, that's a perfect gift if Freya is very kind but she can also be a little dangerous so she's still a shark that's, that's very nice that's very nice what fish was Lyra did she have a fish I mean I know she Ooh. was part fish yeah she just was the fish hmm. Oh, something a little bit fancy rainbow she- trout <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say Freya in my mind is kind of like a salmon because she okay. uh, she mm. she traveled uh, far from her home and swims and upstream, had, yes, and had like the had like all of the experiences that she had outside of outside of her obvious life that we're now finding out that she had at um, in Ilmarsh, but like every step of the journey back to Ilmarsh was more and more difficult mm-hmm. for for her. Haley has something to add, but Ikmer's a carp. Continue, Haley. <laughs> oh, that's, that's exactly <laughs> it. Ikmer was a guppy. Sernu <laughs> asked, uh, what was Ikmer? Yeah, I could see carp or guppy. Both would work for there like a There's a dogfish. He could be a dogfish. Oh, yeah. Sure. That works well. I don't know they do, but sure, yeah. It's a, I think it's close to like a shark. Mm. Dogfish Head, the brewery, has that shark logo. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right, cool. Well, um, we did get a couple submitted questions um, on our Discord for Emily. So I want to go through those really quick. And our uh, our friends here who are listening in live have submitted some questions as well. We're going to get to those after we bang through these quick uh, lightning round questions for Emily. So Jason, good friend of the show, says, ooh, I'm behind on listening to Epps. So I should have heard this already. But what's the most recent gasoline queen concoction you've come up with on your own? giving this question a little bit of thought thinking to myself you know I've gotten better about my drinks I I don't mix up these crazy concoctions you, anymore what, what about the one but, you drank on Deepmar a couple, uh, couple weeks you, ago yeah it's it's that one in particular that came to mind <laughs> bringing that one up <laughs> yep. so I had some leftover pineapple soaked in rum and I wasn't getting through it very fast so I didn't want to waste it I crushed up the pineapple and then poured the pineapple the juice and the leftover rum into a cup and then added some additional seltzer water that was non-alcoholic and 
drank that. You infused the fruit with liquor to put it back into a drink. So I did eat some of the pineapple, but yeah, then it was just kind of a like infused with liquor, pull the liquor out and get some of the pineapple flavor as well. Wasn't this over like two weeks as well? Cause like we had shrunken a squirrely when we were eating this liquor soaked pineapple. And then like a week later we were recording deep bar and you had this cup of like slurry. Yeah, it was a week later because I was very slowly eating the pineapple. I made way too much. It's just something you can't really work your way through during the week. Yeah, well, it was always tempting because I'm working from home. So I'd see this delectable looking pineapple in the fridge and I was like, but there's alcohol in it. I I don't want to do that. That's me and the moonshine pickles, really. (laughs) Every time I go downstairs for lunch, I'm like, do I, don't I? Tempting. Do I get a little moonshine in me for the rest of the day? (laughs) Seems like a good decision. A uh, couple extra quick questions here. We got one from Blart Daddy. If Emily had to play a rat folk based off a Disney princess, which one would it be based off of? And what would the name and class be? All right. Sticking very true to this question for a Disney princess, I would base a rat folk character off of Cinderella. So I would build a druid bard multi-class so she can perform, sing songs. But with the druid, she also takes, uh, she's a skin shaper. So she can turn herself into a, uh, like a human, become the princess. But then at midnight, she always has to turn back into her rat folk self. Her she name runs would out be of the Ella. hours per level. Yes. What's her name? Gus Gus. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on uh, what she looks like, she could have a different name. That rocks. All right. Uh, last question that I have is from Thomas slash Max. This was this is an older question. I've been sitting on this one for a while because it's been a while since we've had you on the show, Emily. It's great to have you back. But if there was a serial killer in the HLP crew, who would it be? And where would Emily bury all the bodies? All right. So here's the thing. In order to not get caught, I wouldn't bury the bodies. Instead, I would have a rescue pig hobby farm, and I would just feed the bodies to the pig. They eat the bones and everything, and so then there's no body to find, and it's like the person, you know, who knows? Did they die or did they run away? I don't know. And then you feed that pig into their family. Genius. Oh, goes full circle. Well, uh, pretty sure that's that's from the Hannibal. This this one hundred percent, one hundred percent from Hannibal. Um, you were my ride here tonight. I think I'm going to Uber <laughs> home. You can stay in the guest room. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to crash here tonight, guys. Sorry. Oh, that was uh, terrifying, but a very well thought out answer. Thank you very much for that, um, Haley. Do we have any questions from the group before we sign off for the night? Yes, we do. All right, so we have from Demuth. Now that you have a soundtrack for Curse, will you also be using slash making character themes? Character, like character theme songs, I think is what he's referring to. I think so. Drops, maybe? Uh, Definitely drops. I'm actually working with somebody on themes. That's news to everybody here, but uh, I have all of the art. I'm working with somebody for themes for each character. So, hmm. prepare your britches. All right. Consider my britches prepped. <laughs> so then, uh, oh, wow, you got Chris going what, too? Um, crusty crust, that is. So, also, Sir Newt asked, what are Grandpa and Grandma Fordyce's nicknames? 
definitely. I, you don't have any say. I, Big D's your grandpa. Oh no! <laughs> Big <laughs> dice. Big D and Grandma Squirt. <laughs> grandma Squirt. Uh, oh boy. Oh man. Uh, and then, I mean, you can you can decide what your grandparents' names are if you want. But. I mean, they're going to be vacuum theme names for sure. Oh yes. Actually, all of her family members' names so far are uh, vacuum related. Wait, is that's fucking amazing? You have a brother named Shark. <laughs> Uh, are, are you messing no, with me right now? No, are you actually no, serious? I, I'm not. I'm serious. Like, uh, Bissell and Philip and no. Roomba. Yeah. Roomba, my brother Roomba. Cousin, cousin. <laughs> cousin She's Roomba. Cousins. No, you're not actually serious. I'm not serious. I will pull up my sheet right now. I have been coming up with adjacent vacuum cleaner names. My vacuum's Tinico, by the way, just in case you need another one. Perfect. That sounds great. That could be a name. I'm going to quit this fucking show. <laughs> That's, that is too much for me. <laughs> Having a noble family of vacuums. It started with Dyson. What was I supposed to do? That is, that shark that is, is ridiculous. I, I haven't named anybody shark yet. Which one's Swiffer? Swiffer's not Swiffer? on there either. I, mm. I wanted to do like one mm, who, similar kind of names. Whose nickname is the Wet Jet? Yeah, Wet Jet. That's Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> no. Grandpa's the Wet Jet. Grandma's a quicker picker upper. Come on. If you just said, man, this family just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Not wrong. Oh my God. We also have uh, Hoover and Orek. Right, oh my uh, god, you did write these down. Yeah, I was not lying. They're on my sheet. <laughs> and folks, this is why Emily's on the second show right here. <laughs> oh boy. I can't recover from this next question. Emily, have I mentioned I love you? And also, <laughs> here's your next question from Frank. Seeing as hideous laughter never comes up on the main show, are you going to make make up for it by only casting Bestow Curse in combat as soon as it's available? You know what's really <laughs> what funny? You, think about you know what's that? really, really funny? Bestow Curse is not a spell in second edition. <laughs> yep. So we got to wait for that to come out before uh, we can do it. Named the show before we realized that it wasn't a spell <laughs> in second edition. Listen. Second edition has its quirks. There are reasons I will reach out to Jason Bullivan now that I have a direct line. Yeah. New question, hot off the presses here. Okay. There's, there's, yeah, new question, hot off the presses. Uh, Bippy asked, will the, the rival family named a- be named after leaf blower brands? <laughs> I, I can't, I can't go that deep. <laughs> I can't go that deep. <laughs> Does anybody know a leaf blower brand? I mean, I guess... <laughs> DeWalt sure. Yeah, DeWalt okay. uh, DeWalt Zenderholm DeWalt <laughs> <laughs> Zenderholm Oh my god Those actually are okay names, yeah. that's not bad Oh, we can, we can work what through it What else do we have, like, uh, what's the shitty brand That uh, I mean, Harbor Freight sells Well, also Cobalt is one That's what I said Oh, I didn't hear you say Harbor Freight Harbor Freight sells <laughs> Sells apply, or, uh, Tools, but they're is it under a different brand? Harbor Freight's a logistics company, I know. That's probably different. Yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah. All right. They're the, they're the one on the same. have? Write in with your with your brands. We'll see if I can if I can write that <laughs> in. Yeah, you know what? Tweet out a, if you know a good leaf blower name that would be a, a great adversarial family for Emily's character <laughs> yeah. in Bestow Curse. The uh, families of suck and blow. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, go ahead and, and hit us up on, on social media. Uh, make sure you add us and then hashtag suck and blow. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get a, we'll make sure the other noble family is spit and swallow. You heard it here first. <laughs> Jesus fuck. All right, that's the last uh, question I've got besides from the horror. This is apparently the second time he's tried to ask this. Okay. And it's to Steve. Uh-oh. Why is Steve so handsome? Is it maternal or paternal genes? That's all. Well, you know what? See, the thing is... <laughs> Apparently, my brother looks like more of a strapple, and I look more like my mother's side of the family. You know, so I guess it may be maternal genes. They're not gonna—they're not gonna pick up on you, Nanty Glow. Then you don't look like a strapple. Oh, well. What they don't know won't hurt them. <laughs> God damn it, Steve! Nobody knows what that means. Nope, <laughs> that was completely insider information. Yep. So, uh, thank you very much for asking that uh, more than once. Uh, I, I, you know what? I know I'm a little bit of a bad boy. Bad boy's got to be looking good. So, on that note... I'm going to say it's his mom's side of the family just for <laughs> meeting both of his parents. I'm going to call my shot. <laughs> Let's wrap this show up. <laughs> so just, you look more like your mom than your dad. That is true. And my, and my brother looks more like yeah, my... Yeah, your brother yeah. looks like your dad. Yeah. I've seen all four of you in one place. Where? Your parents and your brother were here one time. They came to visit. Yeah, they visited one time all together. We went. Yeah. Did my brother come? Yeah, your brother was here too. I don't think that's true. Um, And we met your brother in his native Philadelphia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that. But but like we went to go see see that turquoise Jeep concert, of course. But I've seen them all together. I'm pretty sure. All right. Um, Well, hey everybody. This has been a. Jovial edition of Zona Truth. But we got the big thing at the end. I know, I'm getting, I got it written down on the sheet. Okay, fine. All right. I was just excited. I jumped the gun. So, a couple final thoughts here. One, Emily, you made it out of the Zone of Truth. You succeeded your will save. Congratulations. Thank you so much for coming on. And as Bestow Kicks, uh, what was it? Bestir, uh, as bes- bespoke cuffs. Yep. As that kicks off, we're going to have you back on multiple times, I'm sure, because we're so excited for it. But thank you for coming on today. Thank you for making time for us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. We'll have to do it again soon. But June 4th is the release of the show. You're going to get those first three episodes. But before then, on the specific Bestow Curse feed, you're going to be getting all sorts of cool stuff. The trailer. The introductions to all of us on the Patreon feed. You are also going to get that Mosquito Witch stuff. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be great. I can't wait for you all to hear it. Um, After this episode wraps up, everybody that's listening live, head on over to the Drunk and Discordly channel for the after party because there's a lot I'm sure you want to chat with us about and there's a lot we want to chat with you about. Finally, the big thing we've been building up to all episode. Griffin has been working tirelessly with a friend of the podcast to put together a not only a theme to bestow curse, but also a little narration that you're going to be hearing, which is very, very exciting. So, Griffin, do we want to announce it or just have the people hear it? Uh, I'll just say, I'll just say before we play it, a big thank you to Jason for agreeing to be a part of the Bestow Curse podcast. Jason of What Do You Do Pods. Uh, veteran of Zone of Truth. We love him to death. He's so cool. Great voice. And you'll you'll hear him. You'll hear his beautiful voice right now. Go ahead, Ailey. Thank you. 
Last week on the Bestow Curse podcast, four strangers receive cryptic invitations. But will it lead them to a celebration or to their own destruction? The Cursed Campaign continues now. That's the new theme song, everybody. Griffin, bring us home. Finish your br- drinks and get fucking hype. We'll see you in two weeks. Later. Woo. My grandfather's name was Frank. My grandfather's name was Donald, but everybody called him Big D. Which- yep. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I mean, like, no. Yep. Yep. My grandpa was known by everyone that ever interacted with him while I, <laughs> while I was around him as Big D. That's horrible. Didn't matter where. Didn't matter where. Just known as Big D. All right, I can't top that, but I think I can get I can get close to matching. So my uh, my grandma's name, um, she was she, V. God, no, that's <laughs> fucking gross. Uh, you did it, you top me. <laughs> no, she would always uh, when me and my brother were kids or like real young, she would call us Squirt, and so we just always have called her Grandma Squirt ever since. Oh, which is, uh, no. pretty gross. But you made everyone go at you. Grandma Squirt, man. Yeah. Come hey, on. But- no wonder you dude, drink, my lord. Dude, the 90s and are here. Time, you know? <laughs> the 90s oh. was You can say stuff like that. You call your grandma, innocent. Grandma Squirt. It was fun. Uh, by the way, we got two two new people who joined. Uh, Bippy and Demuth joined. Oh, so I, thought, guys. I thought you meant like, hey guys, I thought you meant like new, new people. And I was like, man, they, they, they came out with story. <laughs> what an awful introduction to this. Yeah, I, pay, I punched my $10 ticket <laughs> to come here and listen to Steve talk about his grandma squirt. Yep. And uh, my grandpa, yeah. Big D. Oh. But Bibby just said, why is the first thing I hear when I sign on about grandma squirt? <laughs> we were talking about yep. weird grandparent names. Uh, I mean, Emily, you got a good one. Old Charno just joined. What up? What's up? Uh, so I guess I don't have, I didn't call my grandparents anything weird, but my grandpa's name is also Frank. So oh. strange coincidence. Mm. The furters. You you don't think. You don't think. <laughs> so what I didn't know was weird. Steve, um, why was your grandpa invited to her, her and Brooks's wedding? <laughs> yeah, it was oh. weird seeing him there. <laughs> I thought it was unrelated. <laughs> Very related. <laughs> I guess what I didn't realize is that it's not normal for people to use the last name of like your grandparent in what you call them. Oh no, I did. I called my okay. my mom's parents Grandma and Grandpa Shock. Yeah, because it's like, like oh, I had Grandma Gordon. But when you got a big D in Grandma the family, <laughs> wait, was it Big D Shock? No, no, no. That's oh, uh, different. Okay, <laughs> the other side. No, that's that's Irv. Oh boy, Irvin. That's a name. That's a name, right? Hell yeah. And then uh, both my grandmas are named Judith (laughs) on both sides. Hey, uh, Griffin, uh, you got a question?
Are they Already? trying to? Am I doxing myself too much? No, <laughs> no. Well, they did ask Grandpa Shark. Um, Shark, yeah, yeah. But no, Newt asked, "Why are you the only one not wearing an HLP merch?" Is Steve wearing HLP merch. I got the hat. Uh, yeah, the hat. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I fucking live HLP merch. It's true. That's true. This is, you this is my literally, house. This you my also. House. This is behind me in every Zoom meeting I have for work. You literally got <laughs> yeah, a tattoo of the Big Bad. What? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I always got my merch on. But yeah, I, I don't know. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I decided to wear my hot dog shirt today. The hot dog shirt you know is what? good. Take a left at Spicy Brown, baby. You're in hot dog town. I don't understand it, but I Nobody like does. it. I, I, I do. <laughs> okay. I understand it. I, I'm not going to share. I don't know that we want to know. I don't think you do. I don't think you're ready. Maybe better as a mystery. I don't think you're ready to see what's that, what happens when you take a left at Spicy Brown. Do you think Big D stands for big dog, like big hot dog? Listen, it's Guys, a it's 401. It's a Technically, tradition. this has begun. Oh, no. We're, 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 we should give them like one or two minutes yeah, to trickle in. Okay. Minutes to trickle you in. Just, I know there's a couple of them here. Also, Haley, this is prime banter. This is great. This is, this is great. This can is, you cut this out? I'm not oh. actually going to. Yeah, I'm going to have to leave this in. <laughs> uh, you guys want to hear another uncomfortable Bindi, name? Bindi just asked, is Big D going to be the big bed for book four? Uh... <laughs> uncomfortable pause big bad d i don't like to think about that it's my grandpa but so now <laughs> you guys want to hear another uncomfortable name yeah oh, no. all right so uh I'm, I'm not gonna say the actual name here because i don't want to dox people but uh my brother married somebody whose first and middle name are the exact same first and middle name as my mom Oh, so they have literally oh. the same name now. Oh, I went to camp with a kid named Hardy Cox. Come on, no, I really, yeah, that was his name, like Bobby Boner. Like that's Hardy. the best like, one I've heard. Hardy was his, his parents decided we have oh. the last name Cox. Oh. We're gonna first name Hardy. All right, uh, we're getting a request. Uh, Chris said, "Share my grandparents' names now," uh, which is Sylvester Chester. Stepanak, oh, Sylvester Why? Chester. Why you have to say that? I can't Hell, say that. Hell, yes. And, and he married Cletus Lanita Martin. Those are great Fucking names. Home runs. <laughs> home run names. <laughs> after hit. Beautiful. When somebody goes back and says, play the grandpa names, best hits. Those are on there. Sylvester <laughs> Chester sounds like he should be like on the Animaniacs or Sylvester, something. Yeah, Sylvester <laughs> Chester sounds like the actual name of the Cheetos mascot. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, I think oh. that is like, he's Chester Cheeto, mm. but he, I think he could be Sylvester Chester Cheeto. I mean, that's just brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been sure everybody in this room knows this already. I've been sharing this fact as many times as I can to as many people as I can. But I recently found out Chuck E. Cheese's middle name is Entertainment. So it's Charles Entertainment Cheese. Charles Entertainment <laughs> Cheese. It makes sense. Very good. <laughs> I mean, that's, this has got to be a stage name, right? He wasn't born Entertainment Cheese. I think you don't know enough about His parents had a lot of faith. They knew what he was going to be into. Well, should we, should, we get cracking? No. <laughs> should we get cracking or do we want to talk about Big D some more? So, yeah, uh, it is 404, so we should. 404, Zone of Truth Not Found. Sounds good enough to me. 